0: Hi, and welcome to Zed Games. Recorded live at four triple studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network, Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews, and interviews from across Australia and around the world.
1: Coming at you live from four triple studios. You might be listening to us in Brisbane on 102.1 FM or on Zed Digital or across the country on the community radio network. This is Zed Games, the best video game radio show ever, and I just had a stroke. My name's Jack. I didn't actually have a stroke. I just tripped over my words. You okay, Jack? I'm,
2: I'm getting there. <laughs> Hello, Adrian. How are you going? Going right. Do you think there are people listening to us on <laughs> 1 or 2.1 FM or all around the country on the community radio network? I hope there are. Do you not, hope you're listening. Do you not believe there are? I want to believe. And if you are listening, thanks so much for tuning in. Happy to have you here. i
0: like it. Hey, Ray. Hey, hey. You're back. I'm back for another week. Oof. Thanks ha- for holding down the fort last week. Did you just oof Ray being back? Oh, like... You know oof is
2: now a thing, right? Oof is tantamount to... Oh, no. Oh, no. It's like, it's it's good to have him back. It's like, he had a break and now oof, oh, he's back. Oh, it's a good oof. Yeah, it's mm. a good oof. Because, I mean, you're happy to be back. Absolutely. You should tell... <laughs> I mean, that's not how Roblox... That's not how Roblox works, dude. The oof is a bad oof. Calcul- oh, calculated. <laughs> oof. So, from what you heard, we didn't do too bad a job last week?
0: I think you guys did admirably. Oh, okay. I'll take that. Thanks, Ray. Yeah, sure. al- Almost as good as if I had been here. Almost. Uh, but, you know, can't be perfect.
2: That's fair. Wow, that review is not as glowing as the off-air review you gave. It's you gave hard. Show, but it, <laughs> it's hard to reach
1: the
0: perfection that is
1: Razor. Um, later on in the show, uh, Ray, you're going to be reviewing Reigns' Game of Thrones. Yeah. Which is different from Reigns and also different from Reigns' qu- qu- There's like a sequel to Reigns. Her which
0: Majesty. Is- Her Majesty. Yeah, that's um, the one where you're a queen. Yeah, Game of Thrones, it's uh, it's a Tinder-style game. Swipe left or right. But it's licensed in with West- Game of Thrones? That's right. So Bizarre. Your mind's probably going to all these weird places if yeah. you ever seen the show. Yeah. Wait, um,
2: it's Tinder-style, but is it actually sponsored by Tinder? No. No, oh, no, 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 no. I was going to no, no, say. No, no. Like, That's the hook.
0: The,
1: the, right, but, we'll probably get more into that, but the Game of Thrones thing is what's really piquing my interest right good now. Good. No, I'm very, very interested. Um, I'm also going to be chatting about part-time UFO later in the show, and Adrian, and... Um,
2: You've been getting rid of a lot of video game stuff. Yeah, I want to take a little bit of time uh, just to talk about gaming and collecting. Because I think there's a little bit of a hoarder in all of us, um, especially if you're a video game enthusiast. And you're definitely not at all projecting because there's a massive hoarder in you. There is a massive hoarder in me, and I want to talk a little bit about trying to force myself from that, yep. that hoarder very exciting we'll very very exciting but first
1: the weekend video game news headlines Razer
0: Oculus VR co-founder Brendan Iribe has left the company following the cancellation of the Rift 2 what was supposed to be the company's next flagship headset Iribe uh, is it Iribe or is it Eribe? what what how do I say Iribe? Iribe. Uh, Iribe Iribe just in case it's wrong don't draw attention to it yeah. it's fine okay sure i i think well i failed there <laughs> Uh, Arrive launched the company in 2012 alongside Palmer Lucky, who also left Oculus last year following the revelation that he had funded a pro-Trump internet campaign. Oculus was acquired by Facebook in 2014 for two billion dollars, and it's been reported that Arrive left the conflict with executives. Uh, uh, sorry, left the company after a conflict with executives at the parent company.
1: Don't ever throw yourself under the bus for tripping over words, because it's not like our national radio broadcaster ever does, but. Um... Yeah, Rift 2 was cancelled and that was
0: enough for him to leave after also those conflicts. well, there's more to the story. So the higher-ups at Facebook uh, want to go into a a different direction than what Brendan Arrive wants to go in. So he Mm. wants to be like the, the... the top of the mountain, the pinnacle of VR. He wants to push the technology. He wants the smoothest, seamless you experience. Know, I am smooth, the master commander. Seamless yep. experience. Uh, and that requires expensive technology, which also, unfortunately, uh, gives a greater barrier to, of entry. Yes. Uh, the people at Facebook are looking to have an all-in-one solution, where a headset that you don't have to plug into anything, but that's I, going to be like a portable version. I believe that's already come out there as well. Yes. There is one. There is one. The 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 Oculus Go, I, I had the pleasure of using it a, a few weeks ago, uh, but it's basically just a, 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 an Android phone, like a mobile phone, and yeah, and a headset, sort of yeah. in in one unit. Right. Um, so it's not as good as even the PlayStation VR that's out, and and like several notches behind, uh, you know the dedicated MK2, like, yeah. Oculus, and the, the HTC Vive, and, of course, and yeah, stuff like that. So he apparently didn't want to compromise. He he wants to be on the forefront of technology there, and Facebook want to. Uh, to do a, a cheaper, more accessible solution, and he he called it. Uh, he didn't want to race. He said he didn't want to race to the bottom.
2: I'll tell you what. You know, Facebook's got no qualms about advertising um, Oculus at the moment either. Like, obviously, whatever reason they had to cancel the Rift Two, doesn't affect Facebook's faith in Oculus. Because, I mean, I spoke a few weeks ago on the show about how uh, I was seeing some Oculus-related content being pushed to my Facebook feed, um, and just yesterday, I was in my Facebook settings, and there was a um, a new notch on the settings of the actual app that was Oculus that I had to click on or I wanted to click on, and I did. And it had some Oculus ab- advertisements and information. And when I went, when I sort of backed out of that, the notch disappeared. But they're definitely pushing that onto users' uh, app interfaces. Well, I mean, after requiring that technology or, or some of the rights to some of that
1: technology or just the brand even, I imagine they would want to try and get all they can out of it. But as far as like what you were saying, Ray, as far as instead of raising the barrier to entry they want to try and keep it as not necessarily a race to the bottom I can appreciate why facebook would have thought mm-hmm. this way lowering the barrier of entry so that we can have more developers come into this community because they see more consumers coming to the technology yeah right um and like w- with stuff like uh the the samsung like samsung VR which mm-hmm. is obviously based off of android as well and and google um cardboard and daydream um I've actually had the opportunity to use daydream like these experiences aren't necessarily Bad, like you wouldn't. I imagine you wouldn't call Oculus Go bad, right? But it's just it wasn't not quite bad. as like technically impressive as like a Vive.
0: That's right. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah. um, I mean, I uh, if Facebook wants to go in that direction, I think that's a completely valid.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, they're two very, they very valid and legitimate yeah. uh, ways and and sort of ideologies there, and uh, you know, they might be right. It might be better to to lower the bar mm. and and keep it uh, as simple and straightforward as possible to get this technology as adopted as possible, you know?
1: Yeah, I I definitely think so as well. So
0: hopefully we'll
1: see some new
0: technology out of Oculus soon. More information about the working conditions within Rockstar Games has emerged ahead of the release of Red Dead Redemption 2 this Friday. A report from Kotaku featuring statements from 77 former and current employees has shed more light on the, quote, crunch culture that studio head Dan Hauser proudly alluded to during an interview with New York Magazine. The employees gave varied accounts, but overall, the impression was that working long overtime, 60 to 80 hours a week, was mandatory within select departments of the company. In cases where it was optional, it was highly encouraged through incentives and career progression opportunities. Since the negative backlash began last week, Rockstar has pledged to eliminate mandatory overtime and has given employees the green light to publicly share their experiences online and to the media.
1: The plot thickens with this one. Um, there was... I mean, we've had more and more information come out about this from uh, who was the person who was interviewed originally? Dan Hauser? Yes. Um, like, they, they later clarified this was more or less... Like, for, mm-hmm. for the 100-hour weeks in particular, that was within the writing team that were very passionate and driven. Um, but as far as game devs being kind of worked to the bone... Yeah, This isn't the first time we've had this from Rockstar, but also it's a story that I feel like we've heard quite a few times throughout yeah. games in general. Um, this, this crunch culture that it's it's so deeply, like, a, a big part of, I think, a lot of AAA studios. And um, I've, in particular, seen a lot of indie devs um, or smaller development studios kind of respond to these statements being like, this isn't how... You should be running a successful company. Yeah, this isn't how you should be treating your employees.
0: Absolutely not. And um, it it's kind of uh, it's terrible because I'm going to be down at the shops on Friday morning uh, picking up the game, and it, it really does suck that I have to know that it was created by a company that may not treat its uh, employees that ethically. Although um, from what I've seen, it's it's not everyone. Mm. Um, you know, there there are people that that are being worked like that. There are people who are choosing to. There because are people this is who obviously to. a
1: massive team. It's a massive this team.
0: There are hundreds of people and they have uh, offices all around the world. And, you know, some of them are in, in, yeah, different countries and stuff. And they have, they're sort of bound to their country's cultures as well. And, and they're under different managements and things like that. Um, but, you know, the game, Rockstar are one of the few studios in the world that just deliver... Consistently mind-blowing, um, you know, bar-setting games. Yes, even if and, their release schedule isn't particularly yeah, consistent. Yeah, and you, you have to wonder if it's possible for them to do that without um, working their their employees like horses. Is there enough time in the world? Yeah, or I mean, or, or could they do it by by making by charging more for the game? Uh, that's, and I, I'm definitely of that employing mind as well. more people in the studio uh, because you know the game is. It's, it's not cheap. It's it's uh, it's on par with a blockbuster Hollywood film. We're talking it, yeah. hundreds of millions of dollars, two three hundred millions of dollars. I think that was the ballpark for GTA Five, um, five hundred yeah. million, including marketing for Destiny. I think. It and was. so yeah. I don't know. Like, would you like? It's sixty nine dollars. I think is the Australian retail price. Like, would you pay say ninety nine dollars or even one hundred and nine dollars, knowing that everyone in the studio, yeah. you know, was being worked no- normally? normally I think from an industry
2: uh, perspective once you start doing that the reasons for doing so can get quite murky but I mean look what Disney does with movies right like Disney charges a premium for movie tickets um, and consumers see that in just the basic price you know going to a cinema like that's something that everyone everyone experiences but they can so. also see that in the quality of the product they're buying as well yeah so yeah um,
1: hopefully uh, we will see less crunch culture in future yeah. for sure
0: it, well, now that it's come to the forefront, there's mm. backlash, it's, been, it's out in the open, hopefully we'll see uh, a yeah, reversal in the trend, hopefully.
2: In other news, Jade Raymond has left EA Games after three years with the publisher. Raymond, who is the executive producer of the Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs games at Ubisoft, jumped, shipped to, jump, jumped ship to EA in 2015 to work on an unnamed Star Wars adventure game. Motive will continue to work on the game under the leadership of Samantha Ryan, whose production portfolio already includes Maxis, Bioware, and EA Mobile. Jade Raymond. Everyone loves Raymond. I'd, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so
1: happy that you responded like that, because I was like, oh, I Raymond's got to get that meme. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean... Jade Raymond was lovely. Absolutely lovely. They yeah. So Jade Raymond has left... Do we have news on where they're heading?
0: Uh, I don't think we've heard yet where mm, she's going.
2: Interesting. Hopefully onto bigger and better things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty sad. Uh, EA has really? a, somewhat of a reputation. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tell me why. Because, firstly, um, it sucks to hear about this, this Star Wars game being, I don't know... Potentially, like ruined yeah, or whatever. Uh, okay. Who knows what the conditions Experiencing are? Experiencing speed bumps, maybe. We don't really know, but this is this is just my speculation. Okay, so right. a few years ago, uh, they brought on um, Amy Hennig from Visceral Games, yes, and she's like the the lead of the Uncharted series, yes. and then Jade Raymond, who's the producer of the Assassin's Creed series, yes. and they're like, go make a single-player adventure game set in the Star Wars universe. And I'm just thinking, okay, this is something to I, get excited about. I'm on about. board, yeah. People who made Assassin's Creed and Uncharted working together for a single-player Star Wars game. I mean, that's that's the most amazing concept. That's the best thing that I've heard about. But then Hennig, I believe, left? Yeah, uh, look, there were problems with it. I, apparently, and this is some, from some reports from anonymous sources, etc., cetera, right. uh, that... The head honchos at EA, and now this—this this is a company, EA. They're a publisher who has a bit of a reputation for putting uh, developers, uh, studios through the meat grinder, uh, like acquiring right. studios, squeezing Getting them what they can. Bro- like wringing them and watching the dollars fall out, and right. then just throwing the uh, the squashed carcass in the trash. <laughs> it's a bit vivid, mate. It's it's pretty <laughs> vivid. It's just my my analogy. But I never want to drink juice ever again. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. It just—it's a real shame that this is what hap, have to happen to this project because uh, it seems like the, the the higher ups wanted to take the focus away from it being a, uh, a single player adventure game and, right. and bring it more into the sphere of a online always online thing that they could put uh, microtransactions yes, closer into. to like a Battlefront. Yeah, yeah, yeah something that's going to generate revenue in an ongoing fashion yes. with loot boxes as or, a service. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's a real shame.
1: Yeah, hopefully, um, we, hopefully well, I mean, one day we might hear about it, right? Like, it It obviously was kicked from um, Visceral when they were closed to um, yeah. the studio now, so hopefully we'll hear
2: something soon about that one. Just want my Star Wars Uncharted game, man. Bring, oh, the dream. <laughs> the world of competitive Tetris has a new champion. 16-year-old Joseph Saley bested seven-time winner Jonas Newbar to take the title at the classic Tetris world champion in Oregon, USA last weekend. Newbore praised the young prodigy, saying that he possessed natural ability and played with pure heart. It was Saley's first attempt in an officially sanctioned competitive Tetris event. It was noted that he utilised a technique known as hyper-tapping, where the player rapidly taps the directional pad instead of holding down the button. Or holding mm. the button down, I should say. Mm. Man, Tetris, uh, this Tetris APM. You, you thought you've heard of APM in Star... What's the name? Wow, I'm brain farting.
1: <laughs> the Blizzard ge- The
2: Blizzard Starcraft. Yes, Starcraft, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Now you've got Tetris APM, this is- which is actions per minute for those who don't know, which I think is amazing. So you've got this... Te- I was looking at this footage right now of this Tetris game being played between these two uh, amazingly, uh, I guess, uh, quick players, uh, for lack of a better word, and just the amount of actions that they're, they're, they're performing with, with their hands to get these Tetris blocks to go where they need to go. I mean... If you think you know Tetris, like this is this is Tetris on a whole new. This is extreme Tetris. Yeah, Look, that's quite a that, that, that's something. And
1: one of them ends up blacking out, and the other one is like, "Wait, what? I'm yeah. still, I'm still here." It's yeah. definitely a vibe. Glad My to see God. that
2: Tetris is you know Tetris is also a part of
1: esports. Dude, I that's l- really cool. I love watching in like competitive level like Tetris. Like when you see like a lot of the really really top tier players, like particularly in Japan, seeing them
2: play is just. Oh, what an experience! It's 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 another level. It really is. It's so good.
0: I love this hyper tapping innovation. <laughs> I think that it could be uh, widely emulated. I mean, it's it's like uh, some player introduces uh, a technique that that shaves off millisecond every single drop. I guess you'd call it. I'm not hip with the Tetris. So sure. the idea uh, is
2: that when you hold the button down, you know, and you keep it held down, the game is going to keep recognizing that you've got to held down mm-hmm. every certain amount of time. But by tapping it rapidly, you can increase the amount increase of time that you can press it. So you're like
1: tapping Apparently. it
0: faster
2: than the game can recognize, I yes. guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jeez. that's going to maybe shape the entire meta of, of competitive tapping. You've <laughs> heard of t- regular t- tapping, yeah. now introducing hypertapping. And you know what? Hypertapping could be something that I could utilize in my romantic life. Oh my oh, god.
1: Yep, that was definitely the news of the <laughs> week. Thank you so much, Ray and Adrian. I don't want to hear about hypertapping anymore. I'm going to bring you boys down. Let's it's fine. No no, no no Let's more tap out of that one. No more hypertaps. You're listening to Zed Games. We don't talk about hyper tapping here in Ray. Yeah. You've been playing Reigns Game of Thrones. Yes. So Reigns was a mobile game. Mm-hmm. You are a descendant of royalty in a kingdom. You need to make choices so that your kingdom doesn't basically implode or yep. fail. You do you make these choices by swiping left and right like yeah. you're playing Tinder.
0: Pretty much. So just like in Tinder you and swipe left. <laughs> left swipe means no thank you. Nope. And a right swipe means yes, please. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it, there's a story that plays out, and there's choices to be made, and uh, all of these people that are sort of vying for your attention and influence come up to you. You and need to balance advises. all of that. That's it w- right. It was
1: it was a mix of like yes, no, but you also had to balance the resources, and I feel like that's where the strategy really came in. Yeah. So it was like you don't want to you don't want to aggravate the church. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you got enough money. Yep. Gonna make sure you got enough arms, then mm-hmm. you're gonna make sure that people aren't angry at you. I, I feel like right. those are the main four.
0: That's it. Yeah, yeah, those are the the four balancing scales that are at the top of your screen at all times. Yeah. And bad things will happen uh, if those scales become unbalanced. And yeah, your decisions, every decision, every decision you make, uh, will affect those balances. And uh, bad things will happen if if you don't run the kingdom so it was- correctly.
1: Beautifully designed, I feel. I loved Reigns so much. It was elegant. It was simple. Yep. What... Why is Game of Thrones in my Reigns?
0: Why is it in there?
1: Why is it in there?
0: Well, it's just more Reigns, basically. Oh, okay. Cool. So we've, Great. We've, we've we've had Reigns, which is where you're a king. <laughs> yes. We've had Reigns, Her Majesty, which is where you're a queen. Yes. And this is the third one. And... Uh, You can play kings and queens in this one, and it stars all of your favorite Game of Thrones rulers or would-be rulers. Uh, For example, you start off as Daenerys, and you've got Tyrion Lannister... As your advisor, and he's in your ear. He's telling you what to do. Can oh, you, he bloody would, wouldn't he? Can you play yeah. as
1: Sean Bean and then like have him die after two turns? Uh, oh yes, I can play spoiler Sean Bean. Boiler
0: alert! <coughs> you know this is gonna this is gonna be troublesome because, dude. Uh,
1: how old is get? Ga- how how long has Game of Thrones been running for? It's been like at least five years. It's been eight. Eight years, something it's been like a that. Time. This is not like okay. season one so, is not spoiler material.
0: Yeah, spoilers for season one. Of <laughs> season one, <laughs> Sean Thrones. Bean dies like every right. other film ever. Uh, There's a
2: bit of incest. Someone gets thrown out a window. It's you know, it's, it's Game of Thrones. They know what they yeah. do. Yeah. I want to interject here though and ask for those who don't know about Reigns. Tell me because to me the most interesting part of this is the the Tinder style mechanics of swiping. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you, tell me what you love about that. Tell me tell me how that actually has an effect on gameplay and
0: how that works it just it's basically a choose your own adventure novel it's like a a visual novel something where there's a story that's played out in text and your decisions uh sort of drive the direction of and of the story and it just by breaking it down into simple yes or no it becomes uh something that you can do uh like while you're distracted for example play Or watching Game of Thrones on television, this would be the perfect companion. Yeah, if, if you just if you uh, if
1: you're laying around home, just watching a movie or watching TV or whatever. Plan rains. If you're on the bus or the train, yeah, get it out quick. You whip it out on the bus. Quick round of rains. Yep, you die. Game over. Get off the bus. You know, like, we're much. not we're not we're
2: definitely not not paid to to sponsor the app or anything, but yeah. perfect companion app. There
0: Absolutely. You go. Yeah, the good thing is that all of your choices are remembered in the story, and things will. Happen that are uh, sort of thrown back to later on in the story, and in your your choices will make uh, things happen that affect other decisions and other outcomes down the road, and that's sort of where it gets exciting and, and kind of cool. Um, so you are balancing like the needs of the, the the four factions, as Jack mentioned. There's the the military, there's uh, the church, there's the people, and then there's the coin in Game of Thrones. You got to make that bank. Yeah, got to make that coin and uh n- not only will you get punished if uh like for example your military uh gets depleted like you just send all your guys out and, and they'll die. They die and then no uh, one can defend you yeah but if you let the military gain too much influence and too much power then you will also be uh, thrown off the throne as well uh the cool thing is that although you die you, you die frequently your your reign is measured in the number of moons that you can sort of hold out for on the throne and you i'm like dying after 20 30 moons kind of thing uh but the cool thing is that when you die uh you may unlock other rulers for example i started off as daenerys but then when Tyrion uh came into the picture Mm. he was unlocked as uh a potential ruler for my second playthrough and then sansa cersei uh as well as that, like, when you meet them in the story, they kind of uh, become accessible. And all of those players offer different storylines in different settings. For example, Sansa's uh, rule happens in the North, right. and she's got her own sort of set of si- supporting characters and conflicts. So the, I
1: feel like the big difference between Reign's original and Reign's Game of Thrones is that there is a much bigger focus on story. Like, the first one was just kind of, like, cause and effect. Here's the cause, here's the effect. Mm-hmm. Repeat. But in this, you have mainline characters that you play to progress a storyline.
0: That's right. Uh, It is cool seeing and encountering and interacting with the characters that you know, love and hate from the television show. That's a big thing. Uh, If you're not a fan of the show, if you're not interested in it, you will get very... Uh, next to nothing from this game. It's, but, it's for fans only, basically.
1: But is the story... Like, for someone who's played Reigns and maybe played Reigns, Her Majesty as well, mm. would you argue that the story is just like... If, for Baby's first Game of Thrones... Like, I've watched three episodes of Game of Thrones. If I were to jump into this, not having much context, and just be like, oh, there's a story now, there are characters now, without the context of watching the TV show, do you, do you think it necessarily detracts from the game?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Really? Okay. Yes, because Game of Thrones, it's... It's uh, blessing and its downfall. Uh, there's a lot happening in the show. There right. are there are so many characters, like dozens and it's dozens of characters. Yeah. There's story threads and locations as well. Uh, like there's a map during the intro that shows you where everything is. Yeah, yeah, And you you need to watch the intro every time to get a refresher because there's like <laughs> there's seven so or eight much. different yeah. locations with their own uh, plots and and cast of characters and and things that are happening. And in this story in this game they're all referenced like oh, like, and uh, it there's just too many story threads and too many characters for the for the player who doesn't who isn't familiar he has no with idea Game of that. Thrones yeah okay
2: I'll, maybe I'll like tap out a little bit that. So, I'll hit up Her Majesty right mate here's my question so for someone like mate. me who's never played a Reigns game mm-hmm. you know if I'm on the app store I've got the choice of the original Reigns for $1.49 or I've got the choice of um, Reigns Game of Thrones for five ninety nine. Do you feel like you know? Let's let's remove uh, any interest in Game of Thrones out of the equation. Sure. Do you think that the Game of Thrones theming limits the potential for the story anyway, or gives it more potential um, in terms of just you know? I want to experience what the best of what this Reigns concept yeah. has to offer.
0: Uh, look, it's not just the the branding and tie in with Game of Thrones. They've also made a larger scoped game. Uh, so the original Reigns was was relatively straightforward with the decision making it was a it was a uh, a story with branching paths and things like that cool. in game of thrones um occasionally you'll leave your kingdom you'll go on a quest and you'll you'll get in your horse and chariot and be uh sort of go on a road trip across the land and, and you'll go to another location and do a quest there and uh there's like jousting and you have to sort of sit there and decide whether you want to drink wine while you watch them, and which which night that you want to that you want to back, and okay. whether to give the people dessert. So it all uh, sounds
2: quite fun. Do you think you know you're yeah. paying an extra around four dollars extra for the Game of Thrones uh, branded version?
0: Yeah, look, I'm not sure. Like, it's hard to attach a dollar I mean, value it, to to this, but it it's is also four bucks. It it's but, all pretty cheap. But, but
2: I guess what I'm trying to get at is, you know, what did you have more fun with?
1: Um, I look you've watched a lot of Game of Thrones, so you, I imagine you ate this up.
0: I liked playing it in, in succession, like mm. the in release. Like okay. Reigns, one, as an introduction to the concept, and then this one as an expansion, and also with the Game of Thrones It's like a nice thing. development. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's not like it's a, a shameless cast grab. Reigns, as itself, was a game that really invited uh, this kind of collaboration with yeah. the Game of Thrones because you could really see... Um, how how the two how work properties are, are related, yeah. yeah, and how easy it would be to to put Game of Thrones into this format. Hmm. Uh, the cool the coolest thing about it about the swiping is also like the coolest thing about Tinder. You feel kind of powerful, you know,
2: because dude, uninstall Tinder.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> hey, I, I can but, totally vouch for getting a know, match
2: being a great self esteem boost. You feel like, powerful, you know Come When, on. You, when you're
0: swiping left, you're swiping right. It's it's so it. it feels disrespectful to the things that you're doing you're like nah you know you look at it for a second nah or okay yeah, you know yeah. but in Reigns and, you can swipe safely but this it's all one, virtual in, oh. in Reigns you're like it's like should you execute your advisor who gave you bad advice hey, it's yeah, not real like, though it's, it's o- still safe no but it's the, the, o- it's
1: the other way there's weight to your decisions in Tinder you can be superficial as hell but in rains, you got to be not, strategic. It's not recommended. That. that is
0: that is true.
1: Yeah. Now <laughs> it's like Tinder. Oh, I'm not going to try not that. to be as superficial as I, I could be. I was going to say something a bit bad, but Yeah. It
0: is it is limiting in some regards because uh, you you do have to balance the scales and that can, can, can kind of come into conflict with the way that you want to play. For example, if you're playing as Cersei, who is uh, like the the big bad evil queen, uh, you might want to do an evil streak. You might want to go all off with his head kind of thing um, but you you can't do that because the game will finish too quickly uh, <laughs> you don't so, want to finish too quickly so yeah it is sort of annoying having your play style limited by that but it, but if you didn't have that mechanic it would just be uh, it would be too simple too easy there wouldn't be much to it so okay. no strategy
1: um, Reigns colon Game of Thrones is out now for iOS and Android
0: and Android and Sick. PC
1: and PC on yeah. Steam, I'm thinking. That's right. Because I think Reigns is out on Steam as well, yeah. Um, and also Reigns, the original, I believe, is out on Steam and iOS and Android, and I love it a lot.
2: I mean, you've totally sold me. Right here in the studio, I've purchased Reigns. So thank you. I have, like, no That's iOS games. That's sick so. one. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for that, Ray. You're listening
1: to Z Games. Um, we've had <laughs> what was that? a single mobile game review. But in case you thought that was all, oh, boy, boy oh boy, I got something for you right here. That whistling sound is gonna get stuck in your head real bad. This is, uh, a song from Part-Time UFO. So it is a little mobile game. I'll give it to one of you to play now because it's very much a cute game. It's from, yeah, from the All same right. devs that do Kirby. So yes. you're playing this little UFO that looks very similar to the ones you would see in an old Kirby game. Okay. Um, and you are, it, it's basically a UFO machine. Except you have very particular objectives to meet, so you might need to put together little like different Tetris pieces to make the cre- make the invention for the professor, or you might need to balance monkeys on an elephant that's balancing on a ball in a circus.
2: It's very very dumb. I'm just I see, I'm just shaking my head because here's <laughs> the thing about this game: it's physics based. Yeah. So for is. anyone who's ever been to a an arcade and oh, tried to play a, a you know a, a, a skill tester or a claw machine as as they're known. Um, you'll understand the frustration that, that 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 is, I guess, spewed forth from your your brain when you realize it's just not working, even that- though you know you should be able to grab it. This game doesn't quite aim to capture the essence of that frustration. No. But when you get used to what you're getting used to its controls and getting used to its physics, there is definitely an element of that. Yeah. Um I mean it's
1: it's always good fun. Like the whole thing about the UFO machines is that like they put these real exotic prizes in them and expect you to be like perfect at the game to be able to win any of them but in this game you're just trying to do ridiculously stupid objectives like balancing food Um and then yeah like balancing monkeys on the elephant is the one that I keep coming back to because like, god I failed that mission so much
2: yeah um, so you're constantly picking up pieces of things and trying to you know you're not trying to win them you're trying to them elsewhere yeah exactly um so like picking up fish uh from an ocean and putting them into a uh fishing boat
1: yeah for so example. you need to like get as many fish onto yeah. the boat as possible and you get different amounts of money for different kinds of fish and then you've got different bonuses so you've got like the typical kind of mobile game three star rating system for each level and oh man it gets real hard um i think in like the second round of levels you get because you get three levels at a time you need to get through them you need to get a certain amount of stars or medals in this game to be able to unlock more levels It gets the difficulty curve on getting those three medals is really high, but the difficulty curve on just finishing the levels and getting enough to progress is not. So it's a very nice balance there. But if you want to dive super deep into like getting good at part-time UFO, you can.
2: So Ray is currently actually playing part-time UFO live in Mm -hmm. the studio. Ray, give us some live
0: impressions. Okay, it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of (laughs) fun. All right, thanks so much for that, Ray. Yeah, it's great. No, I'm a little man. Uh, I've little got a beanie on. I've got a, a scarf on. That's, yeah, that's you've, cute. You've and got the Melbourne vibe going yeah, on. I, I can fly. Yeah. I can fly. And I've got a hook. Like, uh, it's one of those... That's uh, the claw, right? The, UFO. the claw. Yeah. The claw, yeah, yeah. The, the, like the claw that, those... is, that is
2: almost made out of butter for those who have ever tried to play yeah, an actual Okay, you know machine. This one of claw
0: these. Is, is, is working. Like, it's actually working. It's, it's working think, well, yeah. And I think that that's a mistake because those claws <laughs> those claws are designed to, to not grab stuff so it, it's part of that but it's like the thing is the game is,
1: is fun as just like a jump as a mobile game because obviously you don't want to make it so difficult people just like oh this is ridiculously hard mm. it's fun enough to pick up and play but it I feel like some of the f- the further along, like more difficult missions, because I imagine you would have jumped into one of the earlier ones. Yeah, it's not too difficult to jump in, get the feel for, but then it gets really, really dumb later on. Like we're seeing footage right now of one where you basically have to pick up all of this farmer's oranges and cargo and put it back onto his truck, and he's like, "Oh, he- this is your first part-time job on Earth. Here's a book where you can get more part-time jobs." And so you just like go back to your apartment, and you're wearing this goddamn scarf and beanie, so cute. And you just, and then you can use the money to buy more outfits. So I have like a like a tiger outfit that makes you move faster. Yeah.
2: It's real cute. It's, he's so cute. I just love him so much. i tell you yeah. what I would love, you know, just thinking about the concept of games as comedy, you know, what if there was a, a UFO or claw machine game where you literally just couldn't pick anything up? It could be the Dark Souls of UFO machine games. Oh, that's a gross <laughs> thought.
0: Um, you know what? That's going to be a bestseller. <laughs> oh, God. Do Andy you remember Ray. Flappy Bird? It's like the worst game ever made (laughs) and it made the guy like a million dollars a day and he had to turn it off because he was making too much money. Look, that's an
2: idea for Part-Time UFO 2, I suppose. But hey, number one, I really hope Part-Time UFO 2 does come out. Right now it
1: is a paid game on the App Store so there's no microtransactions or any of that. You buy the game, you own the game, you can use the medals that you earn, in, like, through gameplay to buy new outfits, but that's it. So it's very Spartan, but it's it, cute. it feels as polished as a lot of other games out of hell. So I really enjoy it. Part time UFO is available now, at least on iOS. Um, before we head off, though, I just want to quickly check in with you, Adrian. How are you? Are you okay? Are I'm you, doing all right. You feel on okay? it? Because you've been, I'm- you have a pretty comprehensive collection of amiibo and
2: physical games and a lot of stuff. The collector's edition statues. Collector's edition statues. So, you know, I've been pretty passionate about video games for the, you know, the majority of my life and I'm currently trying to divorce myself from stuff <laughs> because I have too much of it and I'm currently looking to move out for the first time. Right. You know, that's, that's, a, big, that's a big change in my life. That's a big step. Mm. And, you know, I think I just wanted to take a brief moment to talk to you guys about your relationship with stuff. Very I just brief. want to check in and see how you feel about collecting stuff.
0: Does it make you happy? Uh, You know, I, I had a similar epiphany to you a while ago. <laughs> uh, And is that, like, stuff isn't necessarily a good thing. It's more of a burden, especially uh, if you're in a confined living space. Yeah. Like, yeah, living it, uh, moving... From uh, a big house into a share house, as I did a few years ago, mm. I had to downsize, and all those statues and stuff, I had to just pick one statue that would be, you know, the apple of my the eye, one, yeah. to put on the desk, and then the rest in storage, or give it away, or something like that, because, yeah, space is at a premium, it was just became too much of a burden. Mm. I think
2: understanding that, you know, there are certain objects that you can have in your life that you can ascribe meaning to, and you can be, uh, I guess, uh, sentimental about, are the ones that matter, and... That's kind of a place that I want to get myself to going forward. You know, I love games and I, I, I love being a part of the culture um, of gaming. Part of the community. Part of the community, but I don't think I need stuff to represent that no. as much as I thought I used to. Um, whether that be, you know, buying copious amounts of pop culture t-shirts with game references on them or having those collector edition statues or having those things that kind of embodied my passion. Mm. You know, I think I'm realizing now that's not necessary. I think in a real wholesome way, I guess... The reason why I wanted to briefly talk about this with you guys is just kind of have a think about, you know, I guess, our fellow fellow humans, our fellow friends in the community, you know... (laughs) We sound like aliens. (laughs) Hello, my... We come in peace. Hello, my... We like video games. My fellow dudes. (laughs) I just want to, I guess, appreciate the fact that as I'm moving on from this stage of my life where I am definitely holding on to all of these artifacts that represent my hobby and my passion, Mm. I'm coming... You know, we're on the cusp of PAX now, where I'm going to be meeting up with a lot of people in the industry who I have come to know and and make friends with. And that's what I appreciate. You Hmm. know, that's the representation of what I appreciate from gaming. The the relationships and the connections that I've built with people, not stuff. Yeah. It's very wholesome.
0: Uh, So, Adrian, what are you going to do with your stuff? Can I... Can I get a hold of some oh, of your God. statues, buddy?
2: I'll have a chat with you after the show, yeah, mate. Yeah, nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <Is that something> <laughs> <up>? <laughs> so weird. Oh,
1: God. For better or worse, that is the end of Zed Games this week. We're so sorry for HyperTap. We'll be back same time next week. See you soon. Bye. Bye.